Hi, this is Renee Fleming, and you're listening to the CBH Podcast. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. It's Monday, July 25th. Um, something odd happened this week. Well, it's not odd. I learned it was the fourth time it's happened in the history of this place. A maestro um, collapsed during a performance in Munich. Uh, the maestro's name is Stefan Scholz. Um, and he was conducting a performance of Die Schweigsame Frau, which included many of my friends. And um, it was towards the end of the first act, and the man dropped. He dropped, and they called for help. And, uh, you know, there's a house doctor, of course, and then, and then some, there was a heart specialist in the crowd, and they, they tended to him, got him to the hospital, and he died. Uh, 73 years old. I didn't know the man. Stefan Schultz. Um, everything that I read, he was, a, he was the right guy. He was a hell of a guy, and uh, people loved him. And it's something to be uh, said for, you know, my favorite topic here. <laughs> um, he died doing what he loved. And, you know, a lot of the sentiment was sad, a lot of sadness. You know, 73 is a young man. Um, certainly now, 73 is a young man. Um, but he, he died at the podium. I mean, he felt well enough to go to work that day and, and put on his tux and get up on that podium for the thousandth time. I'm sure it's 73, and Maestro's done at least a thousand shows, if not more. And, um, you know, there he was, you know, leading, leading the charge to undoubtedly a full house. Uh, they don't mess around in Munich. Munich sells their tickets. Sells their tickets. They'll put that house full. And, uh, you know, he heard, <laughs> I have to wonder if he heard enough. That was it. Uh, there's, there's some beautiful poetry in that. Um, I don't know anybody who has successfully quit show business. Not really. I know people who don't do it anymore. I know people who, who had to move on for financial reasons, for family reasons, for all kinds of reasons. I, I do know people who have left. Um, the itch doesn't go away. I've never heard from anybody who quit who then was like, you know what, I don't miss it even a little bit. <laughs> I've never heard that. And I'm not just talking about the performers, you know, in the, in the opera house, it's, it's everybody. I was having a discussion with my, with my dresser um, during Faust in Paris, and, and I, you know, I was just, just small chatting with her, and, you know, how long have you been here? And, and um, she had described that she had worked at the Moulin Rouge for a while, and that she was, you know, at the opera house, and she really liked it, but she was wondering if she needed to move on. And I said, oh, you know, you've had enough. And she goes, oh, no, 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 I just... I would just maybe like to be in a different theater. She had mentioned something like that. And, and that even the dresser, um, a person that doesn't get applause, uh, a person that, that doesn't get a gigantic paycheck, uh, was still just like, no, I'm a part of the show. And, and they are. You know, the dresser's there. They, they're basically, they're effectively your assistant the whole show. Uh, they're walking with you. They're making sure that you have all the things you need and you're where you're supposed to be and, and that you look right and that you, you know, they're just, they're wonderful, wonderful. When, they, when it's done right, it's not always done right, but when it's done right, these people are indispensable. 
and she couldn't see doing something different with her life. She could see it doing it in a different theater, but she couldn't see doing anything else. You know, that this, this, you know, it's a machine, it's a mechanism, and we're all cogs in it. And, and, and just because, you know, some of us stand down front and get all the applause, uh, this doesn't happen without hundreds and hundreds of people. Every performance involves hundreds of people for the curtain to go up, and not just the six uh, soloists who are out there. Um, uh, if you could see backstage, I think that would be really a phenomenal... Uh, I know sometimes the Met has put up these backstage videos and things, and check them out if you can. They, they, the sheer number of people it takes uh, for the curtain to go up and for the curtain to go down is hundreds. It's hundreds. Somebody makes that costume. Somebody fits that costume. Somebody puts you in that costume. Somebody presses that costume. Somebody washes that costume. Somebody somebody takes all the music and puts it down on the music stands for the players. Somebody puts the chairs down. Somebody hands you the program. Somebody sells you the ticket. Somebody sells you the glass of champagne. Somebody taught me my music. Somebody brought the maestro his... You know, there's... I could, I could do that for an hour. I could do that for an hour. The, the number of people it takes to, to put on a show, and they all feel that pride. Uh, they can't imagine doing something else. I can't imagine doing something else. I can't imagine walking away from this. And so when uh, Stefan Scholz, who, I, who I, again, I didn't know, but everybody said the, the nicest things about him, which I love, um, uh, he, he left the world from the podium. That was his last view, or so I think. I don't know. I, don't, I, I hope his last view was of his pretty wife as he left the world but if it wasn't then then um if staring at the stage and hearing uh brenda ray sing was the last thing this poor man got to do or the last thing he did was look over at the cellos and smile or whatever it was or feel the applause of the crowd or the atmosphere it's not a bad way to do it (laughs) i want to say that it's not a bad way to do it um 73 is too young it's much too young and he, and he looked healthy. He looked like a young, healthy guy. And uh, you never know, <laughs> or you can't always tell what's going on inside, you know. Uh, we all think we're healthy, right? Everybody thinks they're healthy until they just have a heart attack one day. But And, and I don't know that that's what he had, but um, I would I would just tend to assume or some form of um, cardiac problem. Um, but but um, not bad. Not bad, you know. Well done, Maestro. That was uh, <laughs> that was a hell of an exit, and you disrupted the show. <laughs> you got all the attention that night. I'm always curious of anybody who needs to stand on a box and insist that everybody stare at them while they wave their arms. But um, <laughs> everybody in this business has got some kind of ego, and and um, uh, you know, it's like a final. It was like a final act. It was a final performance. And there's beauty in that. From where I'm standing, there's beauty in that. Now, maybe that's horrifying to some of you. Maybe, maybe if you were in the audience that day, you're just you felt like, oh my God, I had witnessed something awful. But um, four times in the history of the Bayerischer Staatsoper, this has happened before. Four times I read that. Now, <laughs> the Bayerischer Staatsoper does not believe in air conditioning. There is no central air conditioning in that building. None. That is a pre-war building that was refurbed after the war because we bombed the hell out of it. Uh, they, they had a second chance, and they still didn't put air conditioning in there. And uh, I want to tell you, um, the most sweating I've ever done has been in that building uh, as far as you know, being in the show. 
and that was no, you know, I was there a week ago doing uh, doing Macbeth, and and um, I was wearing a suit and a long coat, and I completely sweat through my shirt. I'm talking about completely, and I'm I'm really not a huge sweater, not usually in a performance. I don't I don't sweat from nerves. Um, uh, it is hot in there. It's hot backstage. It's hot in the costumes. It's hot under the lights. It's hot from the audience, and and um, you know. <laughs> The maestro might have needed a fan. I don't know. I don't. It's a it's a silly thing to say, but I'll tell you this: there is an undue, um, there's an unnecessary stress happening on your body uh, in that theater, in particular, uh, and it's the stress of added heat. You're running hot. You're all you're running hot, and then you have to do something that makes you run hot. Uh, uh, you know, look, that's that's uh, there's a lot of speculation. Maybe this man has a heart attack that day. Either way, I have to wonder. Uh, his body was under extra stress in that moment, um, if that was a mitigating factor. However, we all know that. We all know that going in there. I knew that 15 years ago. I knew that 15 years ago that, that we were going to put on heavy wool costumes and go do a performance out there. And uh, if, you were, if you were dehydrated even a little bit, you could, you could go down. You know, that was a, that was a, a factor there. Not, not blaming the Bayerischer Staatsoper for, for what happened to uh, the maestro, but... Um, there's an added stress in that theater of, of even not, not even the slightest teeny bit of central air. Uh, and they're not alone. They're not alone in Europe by any stretch. But, um, yeah, I, I love it. I'm sad for the maestro. I'm sad for his family. I learned that he was married to a mezzo, so that's a man after my own heart. I get that. I love maestros that are married to singers or have dated or, or saw singers. I mean, the, you know, many of them have been through several... <laughs> But um, uh, they love the singers too, and they're around them, and they get it, and they get it, and 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 um, they're they're our family. The maestros are our family, and often they're the patriarchs and the matriarchs, and and um, uh, more often they're the patriarchs. Although that's certainly um, um, fixing itself too, isn't it? Um, but very often they're they're the leaders of this group, and and they have seen generations and generations of singers. I. I know that my young maestro friends, when I work with with uh, Jim Gaffigan or or Yannick or, or you know one of these guys, it's like young forties and just killing it. And I and I love I love that they're the guys at the helm during my during my my career. And and I see them and I go, you know what? You're gonna do this twenty years long. You're gonna do this twenty years without me. And uh, that bums me out. You know, like the singer shelf life is a lot different than the maestro shelf life and these guys can go into their 70s and 80s and and shoot man i worked with bruno bartoletti he might as well have been 106 by the time <laughs> by the time i got to him he could barely lift his head or his arms <laughs> and there he was stirring the stirring the stew <laughs> anybody who listens to this podcast knows <laughs> knows i don't have a lot of great things to say about that man but uh you know by the time i got to him he looked he looked 100 <laughs> And so these guys go through generations and generations of singers and, and they have that knowledge and they have that experience and, and they're often just that, that calming, they can be a very stressful factor, but if they're on your side and if you're working together in one, uh, as one unit, they can really be the captain of the ship and, uh, we look at these men and need them and, and revere them and to see one go down at the helm is awful and beautiful. Um, that's where I'm going to land on it. Uh, it's beautiful. I'm sorry the guy died young. 73 is too young. Obviously too young. Uh, but he died doing what he loved. He died doing what he had committed his life to. 
He died hearing Strauss in Munich. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's a greater combination. Maybe only Wagner in Munich. But there he was, and he was a Strauss specialist, from what I understood, from what I've read. Um, and so there he was with his beloved maestro, and and I mean his beloved music, and his beloved composer in that beautiful, beautiful opera house. And and the man went down swinging, literally. And and um, I love it. Um, I'm 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 happy for him. You know. We're all going to leave this world. We don't know when. We don't know how. But I promise you, each and every one of us is leaving this world. And so to that end, we're all in. We are all into life. We have pot committed to this because uh, <laughs> it don't end great. <laughs> and for, you know, if he was going to go five more years, seven more years, I don't know. I don't know what, what the right age is. Uh, you know, if you're living, if you feel good and can get around and and uh, wipe your own ass, 95 sounds good to me. Uh, but if you can't, it doesn't. And and um, and and so, if he shaved a few years off his life because of this stressful job, and he died doing what he loved with the with the baton in his hand and the and the and the soprano locked into a to a a beautiful floaty note, it's not bad, guys. It's not bad at all. I have a I have a singer friend who had a brain aneurysm and crashed his motorcycle into a wall with his girlfriend behind him. That was that was how he left the world. Uh, you know, there there's another famous singer who took his own life uh, after a after a couple of bad career and life turns. Um, you know, like it doesn't always end good for our people. Uh, it doesn't always end good for anybody. Most people don't have a nice ending. We're like the only species on earth that think we're supposed to die in our bed warm, surrounded by loved ones. <laughs> Most animals on this earth die horrific deaths, <laughs> murdered, eaten, <laughs> you know, ripped to shreds, hunted. You know, that's, that's how most species die on earth. And we're, we're afforded the possibility of a nice, painless, painless death. Um, but for most people, it's not going to be nice. And so when I, when I hear about, uh, Stefan Schultz, at 73 years old, dying at the podium at the Bayerische Staatsoper in Munich last week. Um, I feel good. I'm, I'm, I'm sad for his family. I'm sad for the people that had to witness that, if that was disturbing. But uh, I'm, I'm happy for him in a way that, that uh, you know, his final act was this beautiful, beautiful thing. Well, that's it. That's all I got. I love you for listening. I'm knee-deep in my Ernani score. I can't stop. I, I just, I literally am not going to be able to stop. I'm going to have to <laughs> be shoving this into my mouth, uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, every uh, every every minute until I get to Chicago. Uh, it's a big night for me. Big night. Um, it's not that I don't know it. I know it. I just want it to be great. You get it? Everybody have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday. All right. Thanks. Bye.
nation keeps on bleeding, nation bleeding, still more Funny skies are sun. 